You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and creator who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week I wanted to take just a few minutes out of your day to talk about pride. This is LGBTQ plus pride, specifically in the United States, and I wanted to take this episode to talk a little bit about the history of pride, a little bit about the history of LGBTQ plus treatment in the United States, specifically why it was important, why it happened, why it is important, why we need to continue focusing on it. Um, So a few things to note. This is in no way a comprehensive guide to pride. Um, It is a brief summation of some of the history and some of the events that have occurred, some of the things that we have seen go down in the last century or so, um, as well as kind of where we are today and why we need to keep focusing on it, even in 2022, 2023, 24, 25, 38, 47, you know, who knows, it's going to need to be a thing probably for a long time. So I hope that it is in some way informative for you, whether you know more or less about the history of Pride that I'm sharing here today. I hope that it answers some questions, maybe fills in some blank spots in your head. I really, What I really hope is that it will uh, inspire you to go do a little bit more research on your own. Maybe talk to your friends and family who fall into that community if you yourself don't. Um, Although, at the same time, your LGBTQ friends and family do not owe you an education. So go ahead and do as much of your research on your own. Google is an excellent resource. YouTube, even Netflix has a lot of great resources out there. There are a ton of podcasts that focus on the LGBTQ plus experience. And I really just want everybody to find some kind of inspiration and find some kind of common ground so that... um, this can mean more to everybody. It is not just about LGBTQ plus experience. Um, if you are a cishet human being, this is going to matter for you as well. Um, and so before I get started, before I launch too much further into this, um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the sponsor for this week's show, Rerouted. If you haven't heard about Rerouted, they are an app that helps you seamlessly buy and sell or donate used outdoor gear. One of the reasons that I really wanted to partner with them first was because they are very heavily focused on creating a circular economy and improving access to the outdoors and especially outdoor gear for people of all lifestyles. Getting into the outdoors is something that has been very important to me throughout my entire life, and I I know from firsthand experience how expensive it can be to get brand new gear, and how intimidating it can be to even like go in an REI or something like that when you feel like you don't know anything, you don't know the right questions to ask. Um, And so they have created a knowledge library that helps inform you on outdoor gear or outdoor activities or how to buy used gear properly, how to repair used gear, etc. And if you want to get 10% off of your first purchase with them, I have a link in the show notes below that will get you that 10% off. And also, if you're going through your midsummer gear clearance in your own closet and you want to get rid of some of your gear, I do have an option for that as well if you want to get 10% off of your first five sales. Just send me an email directly and I'll put you in contact with them to get uh, 10% off your first five sales. 
And so moving on, let's just dive right into the history of Pride and the LGBTQ plus experience in the United States. So the purpose of Pride Month, Pride Anything, is to recognize and celebrate the impacts that LGBTQ plus individuals and groups have had on history. That means local history, that means national history, that means international history. June became Pride Month in the United States to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan. The Stonewall Uprising was by no means the first step in the journey, but it was a turning point, a significant turning point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. So let's backpedal just a little bit um, to pre-Stonewall so that we can see a little bit of the history of what the LGBTQ plus communities were dealing with in the United States before that uprising and what might have maybe led to such an uprising. In the United States before 1970, uh, homosexuality, or really anything that deviates from cishet norms, was paraded as a mental illness and it was a crime. It was a criminal offense. And so I've used this term uh, cishet a few times now already in the podcast, so I'm, I want to go ahead and define that just in case you don't know what that means. It took me a hot minute to learn what that meant as well. Um, so cishet is cisgendered heteronormative, and cisgendered is basically presenting as the gender of the sex you were assigned at birth. So a masculine presenting person uh, who was assigned male at birth or a feminine presenting human being who was assigned a woman at birth. That's cisgendered, presenting as the sex you were assigned. And heteronormative is that concept of one man and one woman playing out our very ingrained relationship standards that we all know about. So that's what cis cishet means, cisgendered heteronormative. Anything that deviated from that, homosexuality, LGBTQIA+, LMNOP, um, that was paraded as a mental illness and uh, could be a criminal offense. And so, uh, in addition to all of that, bars and restaurants could legally refuse service to anyone identifying as LGBTQ+. Um, it was illegal to serve alcohol to someone who identified as that group of people. Employers could and would fire people on the basis of sexual identification, whether it was a known fact or even just an assumption. If they thought you might be queer, they could fire you, which is ridiculous. Um, housing options were also very limited for LGBTQ plus folks, and they could also get kicked out just for being who they are or for somebody suspecting that they might be of the LGBTQ plus community. Of course, we can't talk about this whole thing without talking about police harassment of LGBTQ plus folks. It has always been very rampant. Countless people have been arrested and beaten and hospitalized and killed, of course. People have been killed by the American police, who knew? Um, people could be arrested for something as simple as wearing the clothing of the gender that they were not identified with as birth. And so like, I think for women, the rule was like, if you're not wearing more than three pieces of what somebody else deemed feminine an outfit, uh, then you could be arrested for that. Like something very, very small, much less all of our glorious drag queens, trans folks and non-gender conforming people. Um, and so there were a lot of raids and arrests that occurred um, specifically targeted at the LGBTQ plus communities. Uh, and when those happened, your name, you could be outed in the local newspaper or on the radio. Like they could have your full name being like you were at this raid at this you know known gay bar or they could call you out for cross-dressing or being a drag queen or trans or whatever. And then 
that being called out by somebody else, I mean, you were going to face potentially violence from people on the street, from your friends, from your family. You could get fired from your job. You could lose your housing, as I previously said. And not to mention discrimination from your own families, right? I touched on this just a tad, but like there are a lot of teenagers, even still, even still, 100 plus years later from, you know, when this originally started, teenagers being kicked out of their houses or forced to go to conversion therapy, which are really awful things that I'm not going to talk about. And you guys need to do some research on what conversion therapy means. So basically, the state of the United States um, for the LGBTQ plus community was disgusting. It has improved slightly, not a lot. So basically, for all of these decades, LGBTQ plus rights have been under attack and, you know, drag queens, trans people, activists of all persuasions have been protesting, rioting, gathering and celebrating in any way they can to try and change the course of history, even pre-pride specific events, right? So the Stonewall riot the Stonewall Riots in June of 1969 was a massive turning point for the U.S. scene. It was not the starting point, but it was a turning point. Six days of raids and riots and arrests and events and altercations between police and protesters began uh, in the wee hours of June 28th of 1969 after the police raided a well-known gay bar in Manhattan, Stonewall. This was still in the time where serving alcohol to a gay person was illegal and homosexuality itself was considered a criminal offense. So the police had a search warrant to see if the illegal sale of alcohol was taking place. This was pretty routine for a gay bar like Stonewall, places that were well known uh, to serve that community. Police raids happened all the time. Um, but this time, the protests and the riots uh, escalated when police brutally heaved a woman into a police car, and they didn't exactly dissipate. So when the other patrons saw this police brutality, they started throwing coins at the police, um, and then eventually they started throwing bottles, and there was violence. And so the police barricaded themselves inside the bar so that they could continue interrogating patrons, releasing the ones who had identification and appropriate clothing, air quotes, um, to the growing mob outside. And then they arrested anyone who didn't have an ID or who was cross-dressing, like our wonderful, glorious drag queens, transgender and gender non-conforming people. So instead of things going back to normal and the crowd dissipating as the police continued conducting their, uh, their search, their seizure, their arrests, um, instead of people leaving, a varied group of protesters made up primarily of black and brown, gay men, lesbian women, drag queens, transgender, and gender non-conforming people of color, queer youth, and their allies, like, really started growing. This crowd started growing outside of the bar, and they continued throughout the entire week. They did not just go for, like, a 12-hour protest. They went for, like, a six-day-long protest. And so that was really very significant. Thousands of people came out over the course of that week to show their support and to help deconstruct all of these really awful systems that we have in place. And so a year after the original June 28, 1969 uprising, activists again came together to hold an organized march that uh, they called the Christopher Street Liberation Day on June 28, 1970. And that's because the Stonewall was located on Christopher Street. And so this march was organized in order to give the entire community a chance to come together again and to honor the thousands of people who demonstrated 
against literally centuries of abuse and discrimination from government hostility to anti-LGBTQ plus laws um, and that employment and housing discrimination that we talked about earlier as well. So that's kind of where United States Pride really started. Over the years, this Pride Day gradually turned into Pride Week, gradually turned into Pride Month, and so June has been the United States declared Pride Month. And so even though this happened 50 years ago, why is it still an important thing? Why does it seem to grow year after year after year? And why do we make such a big deal out of it? And should we continue to make such a big deal out of it? And I would say yes, absolutely, because there is still a huge dialogue of shame around one's sexuality, and there is a huge amount of discrimination and violence towards people who don't follow cishet norms. Pride began as a protest against unjust systems, and a lot of these systems still exist, whether explicitly or implicitly. Pride is still an opportunity to come together to celebrate who we are, and it's a great resource for people to meet other people in their community, to get involved in local groups, to advocate for social justice and for legal reform. And we have seen this actually work. Riots work. Protests work. Riots might get a little bit of like a negative connotation because people always assume they're violent, but sometimes it actually does work. Protests work. Gathering works. In June, over the course of the years, we've had several major Supreme Court rulings on the LGBTQ equality. We have seen uh, the ending of sodomy bans. We have seen um, hospitals not being able to continue to turn away trans patients. I don't know if I worded that quite right. It was probably a little confusing. Um, a Supreme Court ruling came through that stopped hospitals from turning away trans patients. There we go. I think that's a better way to... to word that. Um, and we also saw legalized marriage equality happen in June because of all of this awareness and representation and protesting and gathering and people sharing their opinions and their experiences. So pride has become a huge event, you know, in so many of these big cities. It's, it's colorful, it's playful, people can really express who they are, um, and it's a way to connect with like-minded folks, and I really hope that there's a lot of children out there, teenagers especially, who might be going through some, uh, some shame internally from how they've been taught at home, in school, or in church, that see these things happening and see more representation, more people like them, and know that it's an okay thing to do. That said, pride has also become a commercial sport for big brands to don a rainbow and pretend to support the community. And so I'm not going to get on a huge soapbox about uh, big brands having rainbow splashed everywhere who don't actually contribute to the LGBT plus community because uh, that would be like a 45 minute rant about how you need to put your money where your mouth is and how you need to actually show up and vote. And um, if you're going to go ahead and lobby for politicians to like do or not do certain things, you need to support your LGBTQ plus community in that way too. Anyway, uh, bringing it back down to more of like a, a personal uh, community oriented thing that maybe you can impact. If we really want to support the LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus communities, we need further queer liberation and equality. We need more legal reform and more social change than we've seen. We need to protect queer kids and adults. We don't need any more don't say gay bills in Texas and Florida and wherever else it's happening. We really need to protect our LGBTQ plus folks of color because they are disproportionately attacked and killed for just existing in the world. And that is not okay. So how can you help this queer month and also next month and the month after because 
queerness, prideness, LGBTQ plusness isn't just like a one month thing. It's something that like we live with all the friggin' time and it happens every day of our lives. So how can you help? Whether you're part of the community or not, you can elevate the voices and stories of others. You can investigate your own biases towards cishet standards. You can read books, watch movies, listen to podcasts, um, etc. that share the stories and experience of people who live life differently than you do. Doesn't matter how that is. Any way that somebody lives differently than you do, always a great thing to absorb and learn just to see that there are other ways to live life. You can advocate for equality for everyone and you can vote, you can fucking vote for policies and politicians who make an actual difference in these arenas. And like I said at the top of the show, you can ask more questions of Google and YouTube and Netflix, not necessarily of your queer friends because we don't owe you an education, but you owe it to us and you owe it to yourselves to educate yourselves. So yeah, happy Pride, everybody. I hope that uh, this episode has helped you see something new or learn something new. Um, please come have a conversation with us on Instagram or on YouTube um, about Pride and about your experiences with Pride, whether they've been good, bad, or neutral. Um, I would just love to have more of a dialogue about this. I do think it needs more representation. I do think it needs more elevation. And so that will be my goal. So if you want to continue to support the show, of course, thank you for listening, making it to the end of the show. That's amazing. You can do the thumbs up, five stars, liking, subscribing, commenting, all of that. That helps me get seen by more of the algorithms. It helps me get seen by more people who might need to hear this. If you know anyone who needs a basic intro course to Pride and its history and its importance, send them this episode directly. If you want to support the show uh, financially, that would be amazing. I have a Patreon set up specifically for the podcast where you can get extra long episodes, um, the occasional live stream or behind the scenes for me, as well as rapid fire mini-sodes with my previous guests. Um, that is linked in the show notes as well. And um, yeah, I'm really glad that you guys are here. Thank you for being a part of this adventure that I have been putting on for over two years now. And I hope to see you next week for another